It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies at Smoky Mountain Organics. Smoky Mountain Organics with four locations to serve you. Three in Sevier County, one in Knoxville, right across from Trader Joe's at 8018 Kingston Pike. Also, you can shop online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. With Rob Lewis and Brent Hubs, I am, or Austin Price, I am Brent Hubs. I'll get that right in just a second. Hope everybody's doing well on this Thursday. We jump into the mailbag questions, and we'll start out of the gate with, um, here's the question, AP. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase it a little bit, but the question is, uh, who's most likely to commit next? Uh, any four stars who might get in the boat before Herring? I know how much you love those questions. I'm going to rephrase it this way. Where do you like that Tennessee sets with some guys? I know you said Caleb Herring is going to do something, you think, in April. Where do you think some of the other – some other key names are in terms of a timetable for decisions that Tennessee at least is poised near the top with or, or in the finalists right now? Give me two or three names you, you kind of like. And I don't mean immediate. I'm talking about this spring-type – you know, time frame here. Next, Aiden Russell, Bryson Sanders, Caleb Herring. I think Tennessee after this past weekend has has moved up uh, the charts for you know um, Devin Hyatt. Um, you know, that's kind of where I and then I think they'll get a quarterback this spring. Is that Nico? Is that Bazzini? Is that I don't think it's Dante Moore because he ain't been here. But the other two more realistic to me. Um, so, like, as far as, like, this spring, when I'm talking March, April, May, like, those all kind of stand out to me. And, and again, like, having seen Ethan Davis, like, Tennessee needs to really work hard to keep that kid because, hubs, he's pretty. Yeah. He I looks mean, like, I, he's long. Yeah. He's long. Yeah. He look, He definitely looks the part. He was one of the better-looking guys that, that we had a chance to, vi- to visit with and see uh, surrounding Tennessee's junior day last, last Saturday. Update on Joe Crocker, and will we be at camps like the MPA camps, Tennessee Top 100, et cetera, to cover them? We'll be around the state. We'll be around other states all spring long, as, as we've done for years. Uh, Joe Crocker, where's Tennessee with Joe Crocker? Where's Joe Crocker with Tennessee? I think Joe Crocker's down the list. Okay. Um, as far as, like, in-state linemen, it would be uh, Bustle, Sanders, Duncan, and then I think after that there's a significant drop-off with Crocker and Luke. I mean, I, I just don't think they're recruiting Luke Brown. I don't think they're recruiting the kids at Alcoa. And, and and Crocker would be above those. Like, he's somewhere between the top three and those other three I just named. All right. Uh, UT Volunteers 1618. Would it be within the rules for a university, either AD or actual athletic department or actual school, to donate to Spryer or some similar NIL fund? I'm sure it would quickly become illegal, but is that technically legal now? No, not for the university to. Um, now, I, I do think it's going to become more legal over time for Tennessee to encourage their donors or Georgia to encourage their donors or Alabama to encourage their donors, hey, deal with this collective. And so uh, I think you'll see that happen more and more um, over the next probably year or so. Yeah, laws are being rewritten and, and new laws are being introduced at, at various states around the, the country. Um, and, and that will continue, uh, you know, moving forward for sure. 
Um, Sam Smith, 22-33, wants to know, Rob, in your opinion, how will Rick and the team handle the trip to Texas? Do they make a big deal about it, or do you think they treat it as a regular road trip since Rick is going back to Texas? Totally regular road trip. I mean, Rick, nobody, I mean, just about anybody that Rick worked with or anybody that, that fired him or they've been going for years, these kids that are, that are playing now, most of them were in junior high when, when Rick coached in Texas. It's not it's not a thing. It's not it's not remotely a thing for the players. Yeah, I thought it was interesting and in, in talking to Coach Barnes about it on, on Monday night at ball calls that the commissioner, Greg Sankey, has asked him for the last few years as a part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, how are you with playing Texas? You know, are you okay with playing Texas? You want to play Texas? Where is that? And Rick had kind of indicated to him he wasn't interested in going back to Texas right after he got to Tennessee those first few years. But because this is the last year in the facility that Texas is currently in, I think Rick felt like this was – if he was going to go back, it was a – you know, could go back and one last time in that building. I'm sure Texas is going to have a bunch of former players there for him and his grandkids will be there. It's a little bit different for Rick Barnes, but Rob, I'm with you. I don't think it has any effect on, on the players. And and knowing Rick Barnes, it won't have any effect on this team and his preparations for, for Texas. But I'm sure it'll feel a little unique for him uh, to be on the on the opposite sideline in that gym where he had so much success with that program. Yeah, I mean for I mean for, for Rick Barnes, it'll be a it'll be a different kind of night. But again, for you know, Zakai Ziegler, why does he care? You know, what, Kennedy Chandler, why does he care? Exactly. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a nothing. Yeah, and there's no media. To, I mean, those guys aren't answering any questions about it because you're right. There's nothing for them to answer. They, they don't know. I mean, you said it best. They were in middle school when Rick Barnes was coaching that team. Well, I mean, the, the other thing, too, is, is like, and, and again, I don't know anything about Texas's administration, but I know they've had some turnover. I mean, are any of the people that got no. rid of Rick still there at Texas? Oh, they're, they're, they're so, going. like, you know, I think – the building trying to prove that only, person wrong, what you know, yeah. The, you know the what only mean? thing like, that's the same is the building, literally. The only thing that's the same is the building. There's not an administrator there. I mean, there's some donors there that that Rick knows, obviously, but oh, in no. terms of administrators, there's nobody there that that had anything to do with Rick Barnes being there or Rick Barnes no longer being there. There'll uh, be a lot of there'll be a lot of rich guys that want to shake his hand and find him Friday night that he was really good friends with and, and still is really good friends with. Uh, but yeah, the admin, I mean, like. Mac Brown, he and Mac Brown were great friends. Mac Brown's been gone for years. He and uh, what's what's the, what's the baseball coach's name? Augie, yeah, Augie Garrido. Yep, uh, they were great friends. He's he's been gone for years. I mean, it's it's just a a total turnover from people that you know he associated his time there. With. Did you just say Hawk a burrito? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, Rob, my, sorry, Rob, sorry, we- sorry. Sorry, it said 502 Gateway. My bad. Uh, Rob was with Rob was with the correct pronunciations, unlike myself. All right. Sam also wants to know: Is the quarterback recruiting board as simple as whoever jumps in the boat first to get that spot? <sighs> yes, I think so. But I still think Nico's the top of the board. I, I do think there's a board. It's not like it's like, well, any of these three would work. We'll take the first one. I think I I think if Vizini wanted to get in, I don't think Tennessee would turn him away. But they're also not, you know, they know he's not in a super rush, so they're not, you know, going, hey, get in, you know. I mean, they want to see how things play out with Nico and, 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 and you know, what happens with Dante Moore. But I think Nico's clearly the, the top guy on their board. Hey, yeah. what happened with the kid in the NBA? Did he just not have a great year? Marcel. Um, yeah, he's just down the list. I, you know, he's not a huge 
huge kid. I mean, like he's just real skinny. Like I think he's gonna put on a lot of weight to play at, at this level in the, this league. Yeah, the interesting thing with with Reed too is you know he's never gone one hundred percent football. Um, he, he continues to play basketball, plays a lot of summer AAU basketball, so he doesn't do as much of the seven-on-seven circuit stuff and, and all those types of things as well. Um, obviously, he's going to be a power five guy, in my, in my opinion, uh, but um, not, not, at the top, not at the top of Tennessee's board, and I, I'm not sure at the top of a lot of people's board in, in the SEC right now. The kid out of Detroit, Austin, that was going to get interesting because Notre, Notre Dame jumped in the fray this week with him, um, which is a new challenge that, that wasn't there, you know, a week or so ago. That, that one's going to be – you're going to have to win a lot of big – a lot of battles over Big Ten schools um, that are much closer to his home in Detroit if he's going to make his way all the way to the south. So, uh, we'll see if Tennessee can get him on campus. They've not been able to do that yet. Even though he likes Tennessee and con- communicates with them regularly, he's not been to Tennessee's campus at this point. Um, all right, next question. Does the university have a plan for ticketing the orange and white game if it's to be played in Nissan Stadium? Giving previous attendance numbers, it's possible there will be more in attendance than seats in the stadium. Given the game is usually free admission, was curious as to how this would be handled. Um, I, I don't know the logistics of all of it. I mean, the, the date is uh, – the date's a little bit different. I mean, you had Austin, you had that, I guess, in the chat or earlier on the board earlier this week. Because of, the, of things going on at Nissan Stadium, if Tennessee's going to play in Nashville, it appears they're going to play in the middle of spring practice, not at the end of yeah. spring practice, uh, which is unusual. Um, I, obviously, that, that's going to cost Tennessee money to use Nissan Stadium. Um, I'm sure they would do free attendance there. Um, but, you know, how, how interested is, is everybody in Nashville with everything that's going on to, to come see Tennessee on a Saturday in March? or early April, excuse me. Um, I guess it would be Masters weekends, kind of what it's looking like right now. How interested are a lot of people in coming to see that? How does that all get worked out? There's, it's, we're heading into February, and there still feels like a lot of logistics to get done there, Austin. Yeah, great job. Put it on Masters weekend. Terrible, be there. Terrible decision. Um, yeah, I mean, it is odd. Like, I mean, you would you would play this spring game and then come back and have two more weeks of spring practice in which you would probably have major scrimmages that actually matter more than the spring game after the spring game. Yeah, AP, this might be the beginning of Brent, Brent Hubbs' most most fervent wish that the, the end of spring games. You know, hey, a, lot listen, of, a lot of them I, around the country. I think we, I think we take it to King. Take it to King College? What do you take it to King what? King College or Milligan or where, where, where did we go that time? Milligan? Was it Milligan? Milligan. Milligan. They don't have a football stadium at Milligan. Hey, those fine people at Milligan were terrific to deal with up there for three days while uh, Derek Dooley took his team to football camp up there while the facility. Wasn't that Derek Rogers up there? Derek Rogers was up there. Absolutely he was. He was, he was, hitting, up, he was hitting up PRs that, and, that was and, the, and the planet up there that, in Johnson City. <laughs> I think that was the only time during practice we might have seen and witnessed Derek Rogers, Justin Hunter, and Cordell Patterson uh, all on the field ready, ready to go at, at that point. Because um, I, I think from that point on, it, it changed a, a good bit. Um, yeah, but South Sun City locked them all down, though. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he, he added a lockdown on the soccer field at Milligan. Um, all right, Reverend Blue Jeans wants to know, who impressed you the most at junior day? I love the way Grayson Howard looks. Um, 
really, you know, I think Big Burley looks ever bit the part. Um, the linemen look good. Um, and it's hard not to get the comparisons with uh, Brandon Burlesworth if you're, you know, the Pendleton kid from North Carolina because he's got the glasses. Um, good looking kid, though, physically. He is a good looking. Again, Ethan Davis, man. I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to. I mean, like if you're if you're a Tennessee fan, you saw that kid. It'd be hard not to get excited because I mean, he, he is a really good looking kid. Now, with that said, I'll be shocked if this thing don't get squirrely sometime. I mean, he committed so early, and you know, somebody's going to come more hard after him. Does that change kind of his thought process? We'll see. But uh, he's very active for Tennessee on Twitter, and a lot of that I think will depend on too who Tennessee gets at the quarterback position and, yeah, and, and what kind of rapport he has with them. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. If you're Tennessee, you're trying I mean, to get If you land kid. a guy like Nico, I think that helps your cause to hold on to him long term. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Tennessee, you're trying to get him on campus as often as you can, Ethan Davis, just yes. to, to continue to build that relationship there. All right, uh, a few more recruiting questions here. Brew McCoy, happening? I know we will know um, by the end of the week, regardless, uh, was he the backup plan for Isaiah Nair? I wouldn't say the backup plan because, um, I mean, I think there was a, a scenario where they might have taken both. But uh, I think that, you know, if you can get the stuff cleared at USC and, and you're able to land Brew McCoy, he's a nice pillow to land on when you lost Nair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to say backup plan. Uh, when do you think spring practice is going to start? The you week after spring break. So, like, the week of the 21st of March. Okay. Um, your early thoughts on numbers for the 23 class. How many at each position do you see as of now? I, I don't know each position. I think they'll go heaviest offensive line because I think they have a great need there on the offensive line. I think you could see them go anywhere from four to six on the old line, Austin. They obviously have to have a quarterback. They've got to have a running back. Um, and then you can't get enough defensive players with where this class – where this program is right now. Uh, if you're able to – if you were – any of you were able to watch the Polynesian Bowl and did, did you see Taven Jackson play, haven't been able to find a replay and wasn't staying up to midnight to see it kick off. I did not see the game. I know in talking to some people, they felt like he threw the ball pretty doggone well over there during practice. I don't put a ton of stock, Rob, in the, in the games itself. It's more about uh, kind of what the practices look like, how guys perform versus the game. Um, but the good news for Tennessee is Taven Jackson's on campus. And I've liked it. I mean, I, I, I didn't see the game either. I, I saw a couple of clips, but, uh, and I'm, excuse me, we've both been doing enough of those things where the games are just a, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, trying to think of a polite way of saying it. I mean, it's not very organized. I mean, you've got strange kids that have, that have practiced here three or four days that, you know, are out there trying to play football. So, but I mean, I'm telling you, I, watching the kids huddle film, I know, I know he plays in a primitive high school system. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, Pretty, I'm pretty high on it, and I'm not, I'm not a quarterback guru or anything, and that, that's a position where it's boom or bust, but I'll, I'm going to be surprised if that kid's not a good player. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is just it, it, the best thing that happened to him was Hendon Hooker returned, and there's no pressure on this kid in year one. He can just kind of just learn, set back, just kind of figure things out, and then we'll see what happens going into what would be his second year on campus. I, again, I think it's, it's huge that he has no – expectations and he's gonna be sitting there in the three hole behind you know joe milton and hendon hooker 
Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, that's what you want that position to be is you want to develop there. Um, you know, hopefully he has the patience to develop. We know how challenging that can be with everything in the transfer portal. But he is not going to get thrown to the fire, which I think is important uh, for where he's at right now, making that adjustment from that offensive system to what Josh Heupel wants to do. And, and then you, you, what you likened him to like a combination of like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dan Marino, and John Elway, right, Hubs? I would throw I would throw Montana in there just for his savvy and critical game situations. If I would. by the way, the Joe Montana, the Joe Montana six part thing. There's four parts in uh, on Peacock. Really, really good documentary this far. Yeah, I appreciate you trying to create all kinds of issues on the podcast here. All right. AP, uh, what, what's the percentage that you're going to finish that, that Joe Montana documentary? What percentage do you put on it? It's 100%. I'm just going to need the other two. Uh, the other two. Uh, will you finish it? Before, drop. Will you finish it before the ad drop, the drop ad deadline for the spring semester? No, because they won't be adding both of them before then. But I will, I will finish Ozark later tonight. First seven episodes of the fourth and final season. All right. E. Schaefer, 92, wants to know, is offensive tackle over the next few years a position of concern? Yes, it's always a position of concern. Grant is obviously going to be a tackle, but where does Addison Nichols project? Seems like they have way more projected guards on the roster than tackles. I think Addison Nichols projects as a right tackle and or guard. Just depends on, you know, how well he picks it up. I don't think he's a left tackle. Don't need long enough, but I think he can play right tackle. Yeah, and and Mince, I mean, Mincy's a guy that you need to to come on and 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 be a player for you. And, and Rob, I think if you're Tennessee, when you look where Darnell Wright's at, and you look at what you're trying to find at right tackle, um, taking another tackle body as a transfer in the spring at the end of spring, if you can get one, seems like essentially a must for Tennessee. Or you're going to have a you're going to have a freshman as as one of your you know top four tackles. Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially if it's a guy that's got multiple years left without without question take another tackle. I mean, especially a left tackle type if you can find one, which yep. not easy, as no, you just referenced. It is certainly not. And Tennessee's obviously focusing on tackle bodies in this next recruiting class. All right, following next question from CFF. I'm really confused about NIL. Does a firm like Spire raise funds for only one team? Does the coach or the sports group determine how much money a player gets? Does a coach tell a player how much he'll be paid when he makes an offer? Do you think there'll be a lot of negotiations between the player and the school to determine the final amount? Uh, no, there's not negotiations between the school and the player. Um, it is handled with the collective or, or the sports group, like, like Spire is how that's being done. And um, that, that's, you know, that, that's the way it, it goes. And, and those groups work for one school. I mean, there's a reason that those are in college towns, all right? I mean, the, the group in Austin, Texas is not working for Texas Tech or not helping Baylor out. I mean, they're, they're there and set up in place to, to help um, the University of Texas. Well, Hubbard, just to clarify, they're not working for Tennessee. No. They're working no. for Tennessee's interest. Right, right. Um, you know, not on behalf or not working for, but but obviously they're, 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 they have – their interest is in with the University of Tennessee, just like the group is the their interest is in the University of Texas, the one at Texas A and M. You know that that group in College Station is working with the with the interest of Texas A and M in mind. And and the the thing is, like when a donor gives money to a collective, whether that's at Tennessee or Vanderbilt or wherever, you know they can specify, hey, 
you know, and, and that happens. Hey, I want it to go to women's basketball, or I want it to go to baseball, or I want it only to go to football, or, or I, I don't care where it goes. Or I want it to go to player X. Even. Yeah. 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 You can, you can, you can do things, certainly do things like that. Uh, Val Rick, I apologize if you've already answered this, but I have questions concerning scholarship numbers. Uh, do you believe that UT will be near the 85 scholarship limit going into the fall of 22 if they can get the right players? If they won't be around 85, would that be because they have self-imposed scholarship reductions in 2022? Or, could we, or couldn't we bring in that many players due to the limit of 25 and 7 in the portal limit? Thanks. Tennessee will be at 85 in the fall, right, Hubs? Or if, if, they're, if they're able to get enough transfers, they'll be at 85 in the fall. Yes, I think Tennessee will be between 80 and 85. And if the right if the right transfers are out there and they want to use those, then they're going to be there. I think that is Tennessee's plan. I think the goal has been to get the self and to do the band-aid, rip the band-aid off on the self-imposement um, and get that out of the way and done, as, as they've referred to it as a speed bump, and get it out of the way and not not bleed it out over a, a two or three year period to get it done. So um, I expect that Tennessee will be pushing the 85, if not at 85, when they get into uh, August. Uh, Pine Mountain Vol wants to know, what is the one thing that Apple needs to improve on this offseason? Rob, I'll start with you. What would you what would you like to see the next step for Josh Heupel as Tennessee's head coach? I mean, aside from getting better players, <laughs> uh, I don't – I mean, I would – I would have to really look at the numbers, the, the PFF numbers. However, I would like to see them, I think, use the middle of the field more in the passing game. And I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's – I mean, I don't I, – because I, I do not have the data, the numbers sitting right here in front of me. But I, I think they I – don't, I don't think they utilize that enough. And I'm talking about in between, in between 10 and 20 yards, and maybe it's a personnel thing, you know, at, at wide out, but as, a, as opposed to a philosophy thing. And that's, that's kind of a nitpick. And again, maybe the numbers may not support my assumption, but I, I didn't think they went really heavy there. I, I wonder if that I'm, I'm with you, and I wonder if that changes with with Jalen Hyde in the middle because because of his length um, and, and speed. I wonder if he stretches the field a little bit differently than Valus Jones does down down the middle uh, because of you know his frame and everything. I, I wonder if he can stretch it a little more vertically in the middle of the field. Um, we'll see. I, I think for me, I mean, I think offensively they've got to be better in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, short yardage or things that, that they can, they can work on there um, off the field in terms of managing his locker room and managing his, his roster uh, establishing a culture. I mean, I, I don't know that, I don't know that there's anything he needs to jump out and improve on there. Cause I think that's probably the best thing that they got done. And he did uh, this past year. So, uh, just some nitpicky things. I mean, look, here's the thing. Everybody in the conference is going to spend the offseason trying to determine how to handle Josh Heupel's offense because they were sick. They moved the ball against everybody. I mean, five trips in the in the red zone, I think, against Georgia. So everybody, all defensive coordinators are going to look at Josh Heupel's offense. How do we defend it better in year two? What's Tennessee's counter going to be to that? How do they grow uh, overall offensively in, in year two? Uh, volunteered 87, Rob. I have no problem with Thompson Bowling, but since renovations are uh, on the top of the mind all the time, what would be the next one or two significant upgrades you'd expect in there, even if it's five years down the road? Where, where would be the next change in Thompson Bowling Arena? 
mean, I don't, I don't know if I would call this an upgrade to me. I mean, I think, I think it's too big. I just, I mean, not, it's not 10,000 seats too big, but uh, I would like to see them do something, you know, where they made like a, you know, in, in one of the upper, upper, one, one side of the upper deck, you know, make kind of like a seating area, the food court type something. It's just, I mean, when, you know, when, when Kentucky's good, when, when Florida's good, when, you know, Auburn's good, you might, you might get 22,000 people in there, but that's the exception to the rule. Um, I mean, and if you get, and I'm, I'm not saying make it a 12,000 seat arena, but if you're a 16,000 seat arena, you're still bigger than everything except for Rupp and Arkansas in, in the league. And it's, it's a, it's a big time environment. I would, I would like to see them reduce capacity a little bit and, you know, but do so in a way that, you know, that brought some amenities to, to the arena. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, if you're Danny White, that's your next step is to create some more amenities. There's a lot of open space in that arena underneath, you know, uh, floor level back behind that. There's some areas there. There's obviously those concourses are really wide. You don't want to make those to where you can't travel through them, but, but you can do some things to create some more amenities for your fans. And, and I'm with you. I mean, I don't know if you go in with more suites on the other side, but if you do something just to create it, uh, you know, again, more things, more offerings to the fan base there. I mean, and I mean, Auburn, what's, I want to say Auburn seats 12,000 and it's a zoo. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they don't suffer because they don't have 20,000 people in there and they, and they wouldn't, they would, they would never have 20,000 people in there except, you know, when Kentucky came to town or if, you know, Florida or Tennessee was ranked in the top five. Yep. Um, you don't have to have a huge arena in college basketball to have a great environment. No, get your student seating right. Get your band area right. That can be distracting and a problem for other teams and, and then create some amenities, uh, amenities for your fans for, for sure. Uh, random football question here. Jim Harbaugh coaching at Michigan in 2023. I'm not sure he's back. I think he may end up in the NFL. I really do. I, I didn't think that a month ago, but, but I think there's a real chance he ends up with one of these NFL jobs when it's all said and done. If I was him, that's what I would want to do, especially if your passion is to win a Super Bowl, because you you got Michigan to the playoff. See, like, it, had he not gotten him there, his time would have been labeled as such a colossal failure. But he's got multiple 10-win season. He has, a, he has a chance to go out getting them to the playoff in his final year, beating Ohio State finally, uh, winning the Big Ten. It just makes sense to ride out on a high and head back and try to go win a Super Bowl. And I think in a lot of ways the NFL game is e easier from a coaching stand, head coaching standpoint than the college game is with all For the shoes sure. in the college game right now. I mean, um, just, I mean, you don't. Have, I don't. I don't know why anybody would. I mean, if, if I had an if I had the worst NFL job in the league, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather have that than be at Alabama. By the way, just, the worst, just so I would have to. Just so I would have to recruit. Yeah, and the worst NFL job in the league next year might be the New Orleans Saints job because their salary cap is so upside down. That's going to be an ugly scene for what that roster looks like, which, by the way, is probably a pretty good reason why um, the head coach walked away um, earlier this week. Urban Meyer ever coaching again? No. No, I think he's done as well. No. And then um, who was the home run coaching hire in your mind over the past five years that ended up being a bust? Personally, I thought Scott Frost would have Nebraska at eight-plus wins, and I thought Chip Kelly would kill it in California. I'm, I thought Scott – I'll give him Scott Frost. I thought Scott Frost going back to Nebraska was the 
was was the absolute right get for Nebraska. He understood Nebraska. He was successful at UCF. I, I thought that was the I thought that was a great move for Nebraska there. I'm surprised Justin Fuente didn't have some more success at Virginia Tech when he left uh, Memphis there. Th those are a couple of guys that jump out to mind to me. The Chip Kelly thing uh, that doesn't totally surprise me, um, you know. But he's but, so weird. Yeah, he, he's yeah. just odd. But I thought Scott Frost would be would win at Nebraska. I did not. I just thought Nebraska was a terrible job. I mean, I thought it was a great hire for them, but it's such a hard job. When was Harbaugh hired? I mean, how long has that been? Because I mean, that's the one that's to me has been the biggest looked like the biggest home run maybe ever in, in been, college yeah. football. Yeah, uh, you're right. And I, I, he's not a bust, but I certainly didn't. I, I certainly thought he would do more. Yeah, he's he's not hoisted a trophy at this point in time. All right, Austin, we'll close it out here with a couple of questions um, surrounding the football team. Anybody else can jump in here as well. Um, how big of a difference does Young make on the pass rush helping out the DBs next year in year two? And will Tyler Barron be a defensive end? How much could that help? You think he's – I think that uh, – I, I think that Tyler Barron's definitely a defensive end next year, and I think that Byron Young has a real chance to take a, a nice solid leap in year two. I, I thought he'd really come on from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I just thought he was way more active and, and way better um, overall. Uh, what would you say is the most desperate need on this team to add in the spring from the transfer portal? Rob, give it, give me, give me your, give me your top two. I know you could say every position. Give me your top two. I would say wide, wide receiver, or linebacker. Austin, I'm going secondary and outside receiver because I think you still got to score points. Um, so I'll go outside receiver. I think they can mask it on the offensive line. Um, and then continue to develop guys. But I think they need an outside guy, and I think they need help in the secondary. Yep. Because it looks like Banks is going to be back, and it looks like Juju may be back. So linebacker's not nearly as big of a need for me yeah. as it would be. Yeah, it's still a need. But but as I, I think based on what we saw at a Tennessee secondary in the bowl game corner, and then I, you're right, you got to score points. So I'm going both of you guys outside wide receiver uh, as well. Um is Williams starting by the fifth week of the season on offense? I just see him as a total package player, you know, a Ronnie Brown type player. I, I got to see this guy in a college game. I mean, he, he's built well, looks the part, but I, I'm not ready to anoint him anything at this point in time. I think Jabari Smalls probably got a pretty good chip on his shoulder. We'll see how much he improves in this system in year two, and we'll see how much weight um, Jalen Wright puts on and, and what he looks like. Uh, so we'll see what happens when it goes from there. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest mailbag podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Mm -hmm.